friends, you're listening to Make Out Already, a romance novel podcast. This episode, we're discussing one of our favorite Netflix originals, and I'll give you a few clues as to what it is. Never have I ever loved a teen dramedy more. Never have I ever felt so torn between two love interests. And never have I ever been so excited to hear a show I've been renewed for a second season. That's right, this episode we're discussing Never Have I Ever, the 2020 Netflix original series written by Mindy Kaling and Lang Fisher. But Liz and I weren't the only ones who were super jazzed to talk about the series, so this episode features a very special phone a friend with Molly, who recommended the show to us in the first place. So stay tuned as we recap and discuss Never Have I Ever. Hi friends, we are here with a very special episode and with a very special guest. I'm Liz. Meg, introduce yourself again. <laughs> I'm Meg. <laughs> and who do we have for our extended phone of friends segment? It's Molly. <laughs> Molly's here. <laughs> it's Molly. Yay. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to talk. About we're very show. happy to have you. Yes, so we're here because we are very excited that there is one bright spot of news in the hellscape that is 2020, <laughs> and that is that Never Have I Ever has finally announced that there will be a second season on Netflix. And if you didn't watch the announcement video, take a couple of minutes and watch it because it was really cute. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was the only Zoom thing other than the Parks and Rec reunion that I've actually enjoyed. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, so where do we want to start? As always, we're going to spoil things. So if you haven't watched, go and do that now. The show is super fast. Each episode is less than 30 minutes and there's only like 9, 10? 10. 10. Yeah. So you can knock it out in an afternoon and then come Which back. Which I did. Same. Twice. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> Me too. I rewatched it today. So, um, like, I had no intentions of watching it all in one day. I just sat down Mm -hmm. and I could not turn it off. And I think this was, Molly, were you the first of us to watch it? I think so. Mm -hmm. I watched this at, like, the towards the beginning of quarantine when we were, like, deep in lockdown. And it was the only thing that had made me feel any semblance of joy in, like, weeks. And so (laughs) I definitely, all in one day, just, like, sat in my bed and ate popcorn and watched and cried. And then oh, um, yeah. was excited so to much have crying. an excuse to rewatch f- to come talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if I was going to find it like as engrossing the second time around. And I totally did. Yeah, me too. It was way more rewatchable than I was expecting it to yeah. be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do we want to talk about like a brief synopsis of what yeah. the show is? Yeah, Meg, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Sure, I can give it a try. You know, I get a little okay. rambly. On these things. That's okay. How about we give you like a like a bell sound and you start wrangling? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, okay. like Did you have a bell talk. nearby? Or is that I do have a bell effect? nearby. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we open on Davy, uh, Vishwakumar, Kumar, who's beginning her sophomore year of high school. And she is declaring that things are going to be different this year. She's going to fix her problems. She's going to become cool. And she's going to do this by getting herself a boyfriend and boyfriends for her two best friends. And somehow that will make them arrive and fix all of her problems. Um, Her problems being some pretty heavy stuff she went through the previous year, uh, having to do with her, her dad and, uh, his death at a very public school event and uh, her subsequent sort of psychosomatic uh, paralysis. She wasn't able to walk for, I think it was three months they Mm -hmm. said um, because of the trauma she went through. So now she is able to walk again. She wants to be the cool girl and have everyone forget those things about her. She doesn't want to be an object of pity and she definitely doesn't want to think about what happened. Mm -hmm. So, she <clears throat> crafts this plan for her and her friends 
to get boyfriends and it quickly falls apart for her two friends and for her too a little bit. So she shifts her sides. If she's not going to get a boyfriend, she's at least going to have sex. And that's gonna, that's, gonna, <laughs> that's definitely going to fix everything and not make anything worse. <laughs> so she sets her sights on... Um, she aims high. She does aim high <laughs> on the, the hottest boy in school. And I don't know. It's kind of rumored that he's known throughout the entire state. Yeah, being... all surrounding counties agree <laughs> yeah. that he's the hottest. <laughs> Yeah, including some, um, like, moms and uh, teachers, maybe, who seem to indicate that he's good-looking. But, and he really is. Um, that seed with Dr. Nisi Dash? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> where Davey showed her the picture. She's like, I'm not going to scroll. And then she's like, damn, is this kid on HGH? <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. Um, Brick from the middle, knowing yes. at Model UN, he was like, oh, yeah, he is hot. Like, for sure. <laughs> So, yeah, he doesn't even go to their school. And he's like, oh, yeah. Damn, Paxton Hogg is Sheeta. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I love how they refer to him as Paxton HY because it's like such a a, like a high school thing to refer to someone by their first name and their first name. It's like Jordan Catalano. You can only refer to Jordan Catalano as Jordan Catalano. Some people are just like that, that it's their full name. And it's always, like, somebody that went to your high school and they're only known by first and last. You can't just call them by their first. (laughs) So she sets her sights on him uh, to be her object of desire. And when it seems out of reach to just sort of casually ensnare him, she decides to take matters into her own hands and just straight up propositions him. She's like, hey, uh, do you want to have sex with me? And she's like, oh, my gosh, I totally blew it. This was a huge mistake. And he's just like, yeah, okay. Tomorrow course, works for me. Yeah. Um, of course, it doesn't pan out the way that she hopes it will. And that creates a set of problems of its own. She has some interesting developments in her relationships with her two best friends and her family and her arch nemesis, mm-hmm. Ben Grossman. And those play out through the subsequent nine episodes. That was a very succinct synopsis meg i'm really proud of you thank you oh thank you <laughs> no bell <Progress>. necessary <laughs> all right uh so uh what was it about this show that you guys loved well first of all like the first five minutes i think of the first episode she's praying for her arm hair to thin out and <laughs> relatable I've never felt more seen <laughs> She's telling her deities, like, you guys kind of owe me, so I have some suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I got kind of hooked by Mindy Kaling's name being attached is kind of what drew me in Mm -hmm. to even watch it to begin with. I really love Mindy Kaling content. Um, Mm -hmm. I've watched the Mindy Project several times, and um, Four Weddings and a Funeral was really fun. And Ooh, yeah. um, oh, Meg loves that show. It, I, I, it's also another quarantine watch for me. I hadn't seen it before and spent, I spent a couple of days doing that. But um, I think I liked about Never Have I Ever the same thing I like a lot about the Mindy Project is the fact that it follows a female main character who's kind of like uncompromising <laughs> in, for lack of a better word, I guess kind of her girliness and her femininity and that... <laughs> she wants to be hot on TikTok and she wants to hook up with like the super hot guy at school, but she's that, you know, she's still going to go to an Ivy. And that doesn't mean that she's like not smart just because she kind of, you know, likes pop culture and boys. And I think that's kind of a theme through all Mindy Kaling shows. And that's a Mm -hmm. type of character that I really like. And also a type of person that I think I just really like. (laughs) Yeah. She's like the unapologetically horny girl. Yeah. Which I (laughs) I really appreciate. Yeah. Horny on main. Like that's her whole (laughs) personality. And I respect that. Like her just walking up to Paxton and being like, hey, I don't know if you know me, but I think we have should have sex is the boldest thing I've ever seen. Like, as a grown adult, I could not do that to a man in a bar. Like, it's wild, and I respect her. I think I first read about this as, like, a recent... I don't know if archetype's the right word for it, but a a type of character we're seeing in in media more often these days with um, Eleanor in The Good Place, Mm -hmm. where she's just, like, super horny and, like, pretty open about it. And that's not a, a type of character we'd seen a lot. 
I don't know, in past media. And I yeah. want to say, um, at least in what I've seen, definitely not when I was growing up. I feel like the fact that she lies about having sex with him too, or kind of lets people think she did when she didn't is also kind of a reversal of yeah. maybe like things we see in other movies that it's a, a rumor goes around that a girl hooked up with a guy and she gets embarrassed and she's been lied about by the guy or whatever. But here that's kind of flipped. And also he's super chill about it when he finds out. So I thought it that actually, was kind of interesting. Like it elevates her status, right? Instead yeah. of like being the cause of like her downfall yeah. in some way, like a scarlet letter type situation. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is kind of a fun flip. Yeah. Also, that was actually just hilarious. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, I was going to say that that's actually one of the few things that I disliked about the show and probably one of the places, the first place we're going to defer because we talked off broadcast <laughs> about <laughs> another one. But um, I did not like that she let her friends think that because mm-hmm. it does make it like she's using him and it's like just not cool to lie about having sex with someone no definitely not I didn't I didn't like that either I just think it's kind of interesting to see that it is a complete reversal a of way. like yeah yeah so that I totally get where not you're coming a great from. personal choice no, to <laughs> no a not lie. a good not a good life choice does make for interesting drama yes I'll, I'll give it that but I, but I always have to be like the one asshole <laughs> That's my persona. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I really like everything that you guys were talking about as far as it being really funny and being like an unapologetically horny character. And I like all the intense female characters. Like hmm. a lot of the male characters, except for Mohan, who I have such complicated feelings about because I don't know if I want him to be my daddy or if I want him to be my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gives Captain HY a run for his money, like extremely mm. hot. Yeah, yeah, just like genuinely tasty. <laughs> yeah, we mentioned before in this podcast how much we like Sendel Rama Murthy. So, yeah, we fan cast him for which uh, one? Jazz in Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl, Girl Gone, Girl Gone Viral. Viral. Yeah. Mm, which if you haven't listened to that episode you should go and check it out (laughs) uh yeah i really liked all the strong female characters and how which is a cliche at this point especially of this podcast but how they were all so different in their strains Mm -hmm. um and i enjoyed john McEnroe as the narrator that was such an unexpected but also brilliant inspired choice (laughs) yeah I agree. Yeah, yeah. very fun very, detail. Very unexpected. And mm-hmm. it's like, stuff like that is so funny. Like, she tells, she's just a really funny character. The voiceover is funny. The way they address a lot of the common experiences that we have at that age that are, like, so <laughs> awkward is really funny. But it's tied together with, like, this very intense emotional journey at the mm-hmm. same time. I mean, I definitely cried multiple times yeah, throughout the show. Yes. <laughs> On the... both watches. Like, I knew yes. it was coming, and I still cried anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, I don't know, especially during quarantine times and mm-hmm. everything that's going on, I've really steered away from really heavy media because everything else feels so heavy. Yeah. yeah. And this was, like, a very heavy content, but I never felt overwhelming because it was balanced so definitely with like the lighthearted nature of the show mm-hmm. I just loved it I liked another thing that I liked about the John McEnroe thing is I love a narrator roasting the main character <laughs> yeah. it was one of the things that made Arrested Development work a lot for me uh-huh. yeah the self-aware narrator in Arrested Development that's like mm-hmm. and maybe a movie or whatever at the end I, that's one of my favorite parts of Arrested Development too all right so one of the things that we like to talk about on the show is we like to have an honorable sizzle which is a character aside from the main character who we thought stole the spotlight molly do you have an honorable sizzle i do immediately um fabiola from moment one i think i wrote it down her first line is i will build you new legs when David can't walk. <laughs> 
and just like immediately she is an angel she is an amazing friend she has such a good arc of kind of becoming more comfortable with herself and then being able to share with her friends and her family about her sexuality and I would watch a spinoff show that's just entirely about Fabiola and her robot and um, Eve her cool new girlfriend (laughs) I would too Meg how about you (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to see uh, yeah, a, a Fabiola Eve spinoff, and that just jogged my memory. So I didn't really connect with her two best friends that much on the first watch. Mm-hmm. I was more focused on what was happening with Davy, but um, I actually really appreciated Eleanor on the second watch. That she—I don't know—I just found her really funny. Like there were a lot of lines that she delivered that could have been just like over the top corny. And she played it as a straight man and was just like, I don't know, really hilarious. But when Fabiola comes after her, she's like, so who's your type? Kristen Stewart and Twilight or Kristen Stewart and Charlie's Angels? <laughs> and she's like, uh, kind of that girl Eve in school. She's like, oh, Charlie's Angels. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so hilarious. I mean, like, the correct answer is Kristen Stewart and Charlie's Angels. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you haven't watched it. Correct. Yes. I would also just like to shout out um, Eleanor's hair scarves and hair accessories. I was so (laughs) jealous in every episode, except for when she's like in her sad beige face, but she always has on the best headband (laughs) and like flowing skirt or like kimono situation. And I just want to steal her wardrobe. Yeah. When she decides she wants to be sexy, she's like, it's sexy flapper girl. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Her grandmother's dress. (laughs) Which is like my my aspirational style at all times is sexy flapper girl. I think. So I really liked that about her. Okay, but for real, my honorable sizzle, I, like the one that I'm really looking forward to, and this is kind of coming into my predictions for wait, season wait, wait. two. Let me predict. Let me predict. Okay. okay, I've got a prediction. Go. Okay, Kamala and Prashant. Yes. <laughs> all right. How can I not like? He, she is known for being like distractingly beautiful throughout the whole show, and then they open up the door for Prashant, and he's looking like a damn Disney prince. <laughs> when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, Steve, sorry to this man." <laughs> Poor Steve. <laughs> I've just got a few more of that. Like, I just cannot mm-hmm. wait. All right, Liz, what do you have? Uh, so I had narrowed it down to three, and since you said one of the three. I'm going to go... No, I'd narrow it down to four. Because <laughs> I never narrow this down. Um, I'm going to say Paxton's sister, Rebecca. Ooh, yeah. Because she is so confident, and she tells Paxton, like, oh, you're a douchebag. Yeah. You're stupid if you don't go after her. Like, she's way cooler than all the other girls who you bring home. And she is very fashionable, She's putting together a portfolio for her clothing designs. And I just think that there wasn't enough of her. And I would have I agree. Really yeah, liked I like to see her. More. And, you know, because I might as well. Also, Dr. Niecy Nash. I oh, kept yes. meaning to pick up the <laughs> character's name. And I did not. I apologize. Me neither. <laughs> and, and also Eve. Because she's cute and her and Fabiola are cute together and I felt so sad in that one moment when Fabiola like has a gay panic moment and rejects her yeah <laughs> she looks so sad she had a like gay does. panic <laughs> yeah gay panic <laughs> that was a sad moment yeah yeah okay yeah that was good that was really good strong selection do we have anyone who we dislike <clears throat> So I feel like the only reason I that I didn't like a character wasn't because of the character themselves necessarily, but because I didn't think they were super well developed or mm-hmm. served that big of a purpose. So I thought, and maybe it's just the acting, but Ben's parents, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. What's the point of them? Like, I don't know. They weren't funny scenes really for me. And I love the office. And I thought Angela was just not very good. Mm. I think Mindy Kaling maybe just wanted to give her friend Angela a cameo is how it felt to me. But I I love um, Angela Kinsey and I love the office and I love Angela Kinsey's podcast, but yeah, I don't know. 
what purpose they served other than just kind of reinforce like hey ben is sad yeah which we i think we could have gotten without them being around at all probably yeah i agree maybe even more so yeah yeah you know totally absent parents yeah i think showing like the text message exchanges would have probably done the same kind of job yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Um, this how about you molly Oh, well, this is, like, a really minor character. I don't even know if it's worth mentioning that I wasn't super into him. But Eric, who was one of their classmates, oh, um, yeah. he was that the butt of a lot of made weird me jokes. mad. On, I didn't watch nor even notice him the first time. But the second time, I was like, wow. It's weird because I, this show feels so, like, aware and kind yeah. of woke, for lack of a better word, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I still, like... Anytime he was around, it felt almost sort of some of it was kind of body shaming almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind and, of fat phobic. Yeah, and I just didn't think him being there in the background ever was made a scene funnier and just made the show feel meaner when it doesn't feel that way most of the time. So mm-hmm. I could have done without his character, I think. He was yeah. like the only overweight character that I remember seeing. And yeah. every time he's on screen, he's talking about eating junk food. Yeah, um, or trying to hook up, up with Kamala. Kamala. Yeah, and it's supposed to be comical that he believes he could have a, a chance at her. Yeah, yeah, and that's the joke. Yeah, not a good look. Davy trying to hide behind him and him tripping. Yeah, yeah. it just felt out of place to me. I yeah, think. I agree. Totally. A little tone deaf. Yeah. Um, I think you guys are gonna hate me for mine, but I feel like I have a good reason for it. Okay. And that's Eleanor. And <gasps> normally <gasps> I'm into characters who are too much, but that actress played a character on DC's Legends of Tomorrow who I strongly believe was her her introduction was a turning point in one of my favorite shows going totally downhill. Oh. And like she just didn't fit the tone of the show so it felt like they were changing the tone of the show to fit this new character and I really hate when shows do that mm-hmm. um, but is she very talented and good at the shtick that she seems to be known for yeah I just didn't connect with the character um, and also like I know that it was played for laughs and that she's just earnest and genuine but when she said to Fabiola like oh my gosh I love this for you and I love this for me now I have a gay friend like I (laughs) always cringe when someone is like like in that first episode of Riverdale where Veronica meets Kevin and he's like hi I'm and she cuts him off and says gay thank god oh yeah (laughs) cringe yeah speaking of Riverdale Kamala's um, emotional breakthroughs while watching Riverdale. <laughs> it made me want to watch Riverdale. She had a lot of self-discovery and I was like, maybe that's what I need in quarantine and Riverdale Have can give it to me. Riverdale? No, I haven't seen a single episode. My only <laughs> context for Riverdale is that meme where it's um, one of the Sprouse twins being like, I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. And that's all I know about Riverdale. <laughs> I really like what Kamala says about it. She's like, what's so interesting about the show is that they're all from different backgrounds, but they're all hot. <laughs> it's that CW thing. They have no uggos. <laughs> and she also references reading some fan fiction where Jughead kisses Harry Potter. <laughs> Which was just hilarious to me. In general, I thought the pop culture references in this felt pretty on point mm-hmm. and realistic and I always enjoy that in a show too yeah yeah on rewatching, I was surprised by how fresh and current they felt to the point that it was weird watching it through the coronavirus lens because I'm like you guys are standing too close to each other <laughs> mm-hmm. how are you like having this meal together it's yeah I do that with all shows now I'm like oh my god yeah wet. you have to yeah it's not six feet <laughs> yeah one of my favorite, like, very subtle references is when Davy has a dream sequence where Paxton H.Y. comes to her room. He's like, I'm here to have sex with you. She's <laughs> reading um, after. Did you notice that? She thinks I it's her did. mom. He's like, Mom, I'm asleep. Don't come in. <laughs> after has been on my Netflix queue for forever. 
And at some point, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I haven't watched Even it yet it either. So yeah, it looks bad. <laughs> but, like, this woman, she wrote, like, a freaking, like, 600-page new adult romance on Wattpad that got, like, an insane amount of readers. And she turned it into this series of 600-plus-page books and... She, like, recently broke up with her traditional publisher because she's like, I just want to have complete control of my work and my marketing and everything. And she can do that. So it's not a trilogy? I think that there's more than three. Okay. But I'm not sure. And it's Harry Styles fan fiction. Is it really? Yes. Oh, my I've never that. heard of this, and I didn't know what you were talking about, but after you said Harry Styles fan fiction, I'm intrigued. <laughs> my biggest she- discovery of 2020 is that I now understand and am aware that Harry Styles is very hot and very talented, and I've been sleeping on him for too long. <laughs> and <laughs> just because I thought I was too cool for One Direction in middle school or whatever, I wasn't, and I'm wrong, and I apologize to Harry. <laughs> Taylor was right. Taylor knew before we did. Because yeah. <laughs> I've, I've also been looking at him like, hey, look at you with your grandma sweaters and your nail polish. And, and your pants up pearls. to your nipples and your earrings. I love it. <laughs> and your, like, music video that's a not at all thinly veiled reference to you liking to go down on girls. Like, that was I really overwhelming very, to watch. Very much behind more, more horny on main content. And I am more than happy to watch it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> should we segue to talking about standout moments? Yes, we should. So for standout moments, should we all just talk about the one that I'm sure we all thought was a standout moment? Oh, you you think there's consensus? I a think universal that there's moment. one. Yes, I think that there's one universal moment, and that is when Davy runs down to the beach and makes up with her mob right before they scatter the ashes. With the help of John McEnroe. With the help of John McEnroe. <laughs> and that just destroyed me, and the performances in that scene were amazing and so earnest and it was just so beautiful when they were chanting in Sanskrit and Kamala throwing the roses into the ocean and they walk up to the water and Nalini says is her name Nalini or am I confusing her I didn't know if it was writer Nalini okay there there's a romance writer named Nalini Singh so as soon as I said that name I was like am I like getting confused mm-hmm. um apologize if that's not her name but when she says goodbye my love it's just like also uh, yeah <sighs> and i'm crying <laughs> and i'm crying i think that's what i texted bali and i'm like why did you recommend this to me because <laughs> i want everyone to feel the pain that i felt and i, I needed it to be shared it was really beautiful um yeah but what other seeing that moments for you guys we went in with the heavy one. Yeah. Um, An additional kind of heavy one. Um, I really liked how complicated Davy's relationship was with her mom and mm-hmm. how you were frustrated with them both at certain points and then other points you sympathized with them. And I just thought they mm-hmm. did a really good job of showing um, a complicated like parent-child relationship that has, you know, they've both been kind of rocked by this like enormous event. And um, a scene that really stood out to me that I think kind of made that ending even more, um, like, beautiful and kind of a nice resolution and kind of explained their relationship towards the beginning of the show is when it's revealed that Davy overheard her mom talking Mm. to her dad the night of her um, choir orchestra concert Mm -hmm. and that her mom had said, that's not my daughter, that's your daughter, and um, just kind of overheard that moment of frustration and had clearly been carrying it with her and kind of explained why their relationship had been sort of fraught um, on top of obviously the loss of a husband and a father. And um, I just thought that was a really interesting and complicated moment that felt pretty, I think, real to maybe what that experience could be like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when she said... I wish you were the one who had died. Yeah. Uh, I cried so yeah. much. Yeah. That was, that was the top moment that I wrote down, actually. 
because I mean, I, I could tell you that I thought they were going to resolve the issues in their relationship. And I knew obviously that her dad had died, but I didn't, that was more of like putting that final puzzle piece in for why their relationship was the way it was. And Mm -hmm. so that was like the major breakthrough to me. And it was interesting, I think, to kind of watch them have to learn how to communicate with each other because obviously um, Davy's dad had kind right. of been the one that was the go between the two between the two of them, and that kind of kept the family together. So not only did they have to kind of learn how to live without their relationship to him, they kind of had to build a new relationship with each other. Right. I really loved the moment after that where the mom went to see Davy's therapist, mm-hmm. and she says, even though she was the one who got her daughter in a therapy after Mohan's death. She says that she doesn't believe in therapy and that it's a white people thing. And (laughs) I feel like I'm familiar with that perspective Mm -hmm. from my cultural background, but it was interesting that it was two women of color in a room, one who obviously believes in therapy, the other one who doesn't. And I thought it was really powerful and culturally relevant for one woman of color to tell another woman of color you don't always have to be so strong mm-hmm. yeah and to give her that validation that she was allowed to break down and that her daughter seeing her be raw and vulnerable might be the thing that could help her mm-hmm. and could help her daughter deal with her own grief so that was a really big one do we have any that aren't super sad yeah <laughs> Two major ones. Well, obviously, like, both kisses are big ones for me. Yeah. The Jeep kiss was really good. And when I say both kisses, I'm not counting the kiss attempts in the (laughs) private movie theater. (laughs) I'm rejecting your kiss. Um, I think even more than the Jeep kiss, I loved the Jeep ride, like, before the kiss, before he drops her off. And they're kind of, she's kind of looking over at him and, like, you can just tell there's that kind of nervous energy with her in the car. Mm. And I just, like, remember feeling like yes. that in high school. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, how am I in this boy's car? What's going to happen? Like, what's going on? And I loved that build up to that. Mm-hmm. You could just, like, <laughs> cut the sexual yeah. tension the knife. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Yeah, that was really good. I also loved the Jeep kiss. I loved the song that was playing. It really set the mood for that moment. And I just liked any scene where Paxton came to Davy's rescue, mm-hmm. like when he pulled her out of the pool after she fell backward, or when and he the took her to bite. the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Coyote like, I Girl. Just, I mean, like, doesn't everyone kind of like, even if it makes you feel like a bad feminist, want to be like scooped up by a big strong man? Yeah, like oh, a well, baby. Anyway. <laughs> just me. Okay. <laughs> You traitors. (laughs) Well, what I really liked about those moments is, like, she didn't really make any attempts to try to, like, paper over her weirdness or uncoolness. (laughs) Like, Yeah. I don't know if she could even if she wanted to. She was like, I thought the coyote was my dad. (laughs) You know, she just, like, comes out with it every time. I don't know. And I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that then he's still, he's, uh, you know, into her after that. Yeah. I'm... I like that Paxton could hang with her weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if we're meant to talk about this later, but I, I felt very torn at the end about the two love interests. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what you all think. Let's get into it. Why don't you both talk and then I'll tell you why you're, why you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I was very conflicted. Um, I, Obviously, Paxton is a hottie, and he's been so understanding, and I think that um, his sister was right in calling him out and being like, hey, maybe, you know, what you've been doing hasn't worked for you, and you bring home, you know, girls that aren't right for you, and maybe, you know, you should try being with a different type of person, and um, I think they'd be super cute together, but with Ben, I kind of wonder if they have more in common other than maybe just a sexual attraction they have more common hobbies and goals and interests and I think Ben does care about her but 
I don't understand. Did he ever break up with his girlfriend? Like when he mm-hmm. tries to kiss her twice at the party, he's mm-hmm. then later like has his arm around his girlfriend when she falls in the pool. And then when she kisses him at the end is, is um, what's her name? Like Sherry or uh, Shira. Shira. Is she still in the picture? Because I think if so, so, I don't love that aspect of it. Because after Davey falls in the pool, Shira's like, let's go upstairs and make out. He's yeah. Like, oh, okay. Clearly they don't like each other. I don't know why they're together. And he, his feelings for Davey were, you know, getting stronger. And he was clearly interested because he tried to kiss her twice. So I just kind of wish if they were going to get together at the end that he would have gone ahead and broken that off because I don't know what he was gaining from that relationship and it's only going to hurt, you know, other people in the end. So, yeah, I feel like we're meant to root for Ben because he's like the underdog and, you know, he's the loneliest boy in the world, (laughs) et cetera. And they do seem to have a lot in common, but there are reasons for me to not root for him. Like he's with his girlfriend still, and let us not forget the very first few episodes um, of the series where he says some genuinely awful stuff to her. Yeah, And I don't really mm-hmm. like the school of thought that's like, oh, if a boy's mean to you, it means he likes you. Like, no, that's no, just that's abusive. Yeah. A bad, a bad trope. And also, I didn't fully understand the, like, UN unfuckable nerds with that he seemed to really be like lobbing that nickname at her when he himself seems like a pretty unfuckable nerd. Like even though <laughs> like, I like him or whatever, but like who yeah. is he to say that? Yeah, I know. Yeah. He he just says some really awful stuff. And then obviously the stuff that Paxton does wrong is obvious. Like he ignores her when she comes up and is speaking to him and he's like uh, gets mad at her. Obviously for lying about their sex life that one's but he fair gets over i'll give him that one <laughs> he gets over it like he takes it pretty well you know he doesn't like rat her out and try to embarrass her and i think at the end when he sort of rejects her you can kind of understand why i mean her mom was saying some pretty mean stuff yeah, to yeah. him that really touched a nerve because like obviously he worries about being considered stupid uh, that's something that his sister brings up and the fact that he's repeating a class is why they are even in a class together. So I think his misgivings about the relationship, like I'm cool. Like that's kind of valid because Davey does some pretty off the handle stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, See, so I don't know. It's not nice, but I can understand. I don't think yeah. he's super hot. So I kind of want them together. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like the like intelligence thing was definitely a point of contention in a way. Maybe it could be nice that they'd balance each other out, that maybe he'd calm her down a little and maybe she could keep him a little more on top of school and whatever. But I also don't know if I love the idea of like, get with this girl who will make you better. And then Mm. what does Davey Mm. gain out of it? Maybe I question and I feel mm-hmm. like it's maybe just a little more equal between her and Ben. Like, they're on more, like, even ground. Yeah. I might – and we can get into season two predictions and what we want to see in season two. But I do mm-hmm. think that it would be nice if they developed Paxton H.Y. more. Mm-hmm. And if they showed that he's not a dummy. Because that is, like, a pretty tired stereotype. Like, a yeah. dumb, hot guy. Like, it would be nice to see more of his life more of his interests, how maybe he is really intelligent and he just doesn't care about school for some reason. Yeah. So that would be interesting to me. And then my whole thing with Ben, like you guys were saying, like if they had just been passionate rivals in Mm -hmm. everything and they just hated each other because of academics. Yeah. Their competition. Yeah. That would be one thing. Like, I'm cool with people who hated each other than becoming friends or lovers. I think that that's an interesting dynamic. But, like, yeah, calling her an unfuckable nerve, calling her nerd, calling her David all the time, mm-hmm. um, just being generally awful to her. Yeah. I don't think that the maybe 10 total minutes of screen time when he was nice to her make up for the years of emotional abuse hurled at her and it's not like Davey didn't 
give it back to him. Oh, but it's yeah, so there's some like, not so great stuff, like some like <laughs> like wishing he was killed by Nazis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, that was bad. Or or up. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I I had tons of issues with Davy. Like I want to see some growth from her yeah. in season two. She's because... not a good friend. She's just straight up a no. bad friend, and she has some like really forgiving generous sweet friends and I don't think yes. she's a bad person but she definitely needs to learn to kind of look outside herself a little bit I think yeah for sure I um, mean I do appreciate that we were seeing a young woman a girl with like a rage problem yeah <laughs> obviously it's a problem but that's not a character that we see that often like we see a lot of male characters struggling with rage and like addressing their emotions but normally it's like if a girl is struggling with emotions we see her crying you know etc so for her to be like throwing her textbook out of the window and like smashing a beaker and stuff like that I thought that was kind of interesting I like that moment when she threw the textbook out and John McEnroe as the narrator was saying like you know this is the kind of thing that makes us hotheads mm. fly <laughs> off the handle because it showed like there's not a difference between male rage and female rage with one being more rational and right. like just being emotional. It's yeah. just like sometimes people fly off the handle yeah. and break things and it's not a male-female thing, although, you know, there is like a particular uh, variety of male rage. Mm-hmm. But um, not making it like her being angry was this weird thing. Yeah. I so have much just- less issue with her anger issues and more I think with like when Eleanor finds out her mom left town and Davy blows them off to go check on what Paxton needed I think that's where she mostly fails in her relationships with people is that she's not maybe loyal or doesn't have as much follow through although definitely people in her life are kind of on the wrong end of her rage sometimes but Mm -hmm. I think that showing that not only is it a good way to kind of show that women you know can have those feelings too but also I think it's an interesting way to show someone processing grief and mm-hmm. that it's not you're just right. always sitting alone sad in a dark room like it can manifest in a lot of different ways yeah uh that moment really pissed me off because it could have been completely avoided if she had just texted him back and been like, what What's is up? this for? Does, <laughs> yeah. this ha- does this have to be right now? Can it be in half an hour? Also, like, <laughs> what kind of texts were those? Like, I need your help. You owe me, etc. <laughs> like, that's extremely just... cryptic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like, if I'm getting texts like that, I'm expecting you to be, like, pinned under a car or something, (laughs) not needing, like, a model, but whatever. So, Liz, to be clear, you're you're advocating for Pax and HY. I think that both of them had some issues. You know, Mm -hmm. Paxton's very much like the cool, detached guy. He blew her off tons of times. Mm -hmm. Uh, He could be emotionally distant. Mm -hmm. But... He also was there for her when she genuinely needed him, seemed to understand and accept her weirdness. And also, like, if you have two options that aren't ideal, you Mm -hmm. go with the hotter one. (laughs) (laughs) You just do. And, like, let me just say, like, I, in high school, dated a guy who for most of high school was a toxic, abusive jerk to me. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He ended up being a toxic boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> like, the few, like, moments of our courtship that he was actually nice to me, d- they dissipated. Like, he showed his ass. Mm-hmm. And I've also, like, in high school, dated guys who, you know, was, like, the smart but, like, not conventionally attractive guy. Guess what? Those ended up being assholes, too. So, like... <laughs> I don't feel like this one. So get the hot D. Is what you're saying? <laughs> I I'm saying like get the hot, occasionally nice guy instead of the like mean, frumpy guy. Because like I, I don't know what I'm saying. He's just you're hot. saying if you're gonna be <laughs> with somebody who's only occasionally nice, make it at least be good to look at. Yeah. <laughs> okay, In okay. defense of the frumpier options, sometimes he the hot rich. ones. Well, off A, he was rich. 
the bees sometimes <laughs> the hot ones haven't had to work for it as much and they might not oh. live up to their hotness and then like the ones that mm-hmm. are a little frumpier know like okay this is my chance I've got to like really perform time when it's shine. time to perform. put in the work yeah so just something <laughs> to consider yeah valid I points did... Molly <laughs> thank valid you <laughs> I did like that Ben was like really nice to his dad and he seemed to yeah. be really close, as close to his dad as he could be with how absent his parents were. And his relationship with their housekeeper was really sweet. I need to rewatch that episode because that's the one that I missed today in his, my rewatch. His online activities did concern me a little. I'm worried about his internet behaviors <laughs> and like what like like Reddit thread he might accidentally stumble onto and become radi- radicalized in some upsetting way. He seems like really Ooh. primed for that. Like an incel situation. So, yeah, like he's like, gonna like end up on yeah, yeah, no, there. Th- him meeting up with that guy from the Rick and Morty thread did give me a little bit like incel incel vibes <laughs> that I didn't love. But. And that his handle is Ariola Grande. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> That's cursed. I don't love his internet persona. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. So this kind of segues into what we want to see in season two a little bit. But we've talked about both of them as options for Davey. Are either of you envisioning a new third option? Ooh. I don't think my brain can like compute a third <laughs> after decide yeah. on who I want her to end up with. Right. <clears throat> I mean, Meg, it seems like this is something that you are envisioning. So what are you picturing someone we've already seen or no. someone totally new? Okay. And I'm not saying that I think this is definitely going to happen, but I feel like we're going to have some new characters introduced and mm-hmm. maybe one could be an option who's more than just occasionally nice to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she'll ultimately reject him like in crap. What was what was the second to all the boys would be called? P.S. I still love you. No. Yes. <gasps> okay. Is you that mean right? we're going to have a John Ambrose heartbreak on our hands? Oh my God. I can't take it, especially if we're still going to be in quarantine. Take it I again. won't be able to emotionally <laughs> cope. Never forgive. <laughs> no, she chose wrong. I do, in season two, I want to see an explicit confession of love from both guys to Davey. Ooh. Yeah. I think she deserves that. As far as love interests go, I would maybe like to see a love interest for Davy's mom. I think. <gasps> Ooh, I wrote that down. I would really like to see her maybe find some new happiness or at least just a way to kind of let out some steam. I think it would be good for her and I would like to see it. And I think it's a good opportunity for another hottie like her dad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I would really like to see that. I think that's such a good idea, and I hadn't thought about it. Do we want to see her, like, play the field and be kind of, like, low-key ho-ish because it would be Mm. such a change of pace, or do we want her to just settle down with a sweet guy? I hadn't considered her being ho-ish, and I think I want her to now that you say it. (laughs) I think I'm very on board for that. Yeah. I would like to see that because that would be growth for her, right? Like, she'd Mm -hmm. she'd be having – fun which she doesn't seem to do that often other than um i think she she goes out she takes the moped out mm-hmm. and do we see her doing anything lighthearted other than that i think that we see hints that she wasn't always so straight laced because yeah. she tells kamala like they don't need to know right now that you're career oriented after you get the guy you can do whatever you want yeah um she knows that Kamala has been hooking up with this guy and she lets it happen and she's like okay well we need to get Steve out because your future husband is here (laughs) and she's like not phased by it doesn't seem to judge her at all for having premarital sex I think in flashbacks too like when they flash back to her and Mohan buying their house and like him hearing the song come on the radio and he like picks her up in the yard and stuff so Maybe she could find someone else who could kind of bring that out in her. Mm-hmm, and I think yeah. it'd also be interesting to see how Davy would react to her mom starting to date again. Yeah. So we had throughout all of the episodes, like the unifying theme of her 
working through her grief about her dad. Mm-hmm. Do you see that continuing in the second season or what are you seeing as the emotional journey that she's taking? Hmm. I think that the grief from her dad is always going to be present because mm-hmm. that's not something that goes away. Right. But I think that they've definitely reached this newer level in their grief. Yeah. Uh, where they can remember him in a happier way. Right. But I think that the, the theme, the emotional journey is going to be Davy figuring out who she is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm not in the context of the men in her life, including her father. Yeah. Right. That's what I was thinking as well. And maybe also as far as part of that sort of self-discovery coming to love her Indianness a little bit, Mm -hmm. because I mean, there's that episode where it's Ganesh Puja Mm -hmm. and she's like, talking to I forget what his name was but he had started college I guess and they usually had gone to these events and stood off to the side and made fun of everything and then like oh I hate doing these Indian things Mm -hmm. and she made these comments about how she feels like for some people she's not Indian enough and for some people she's too Indian and maybe taking a journey in that direction Mm -hmm. on the Office Ladies podcast um, that Angela Kenzie and Jenna Fisher do. They mm-hmm. recently talked about the Dwali episode, which Mindy Kaling oh, yeah. wrote. And um, they talked to her about it and talked about some interviews she'd done. And um, it seems like there are maybe some similarities in the way that Davy feels about um, her culture and the way that maybe Mindy Kaling did at one point in her life and kind of how she wrote the Dwali episode of The Office. Um, and she kind of you know, she pitched that she wanted to do an episode about Dwali, but the way Kelly, her character, she kind of acts sort of indifferent toward it. It's more of just like, Mm. I get to dress up and we eat food and whatever. And Michael asked her, you know, what's it about? And she's like, I don't know. And Mindy (laughs) Kaling talked about how, like for her, that, you know, usually when you see different cultures on TV, a lot of time it's portrayed like, I, you know, this is my culture. We're very into it. Here are all the traditions but it can also be interesting to see somebody who's maybe like a little disengaged or unconnected with their culture and that kind Mm -hmm. of journey can be just as interesting as somebody you know showing the audience like these are our foods and these this is our music and this is how we dance and this is you know so I feel that to me just based on what I'd heard on that podcast felt pretty pulled directly from Mindy Kaling's life and experience maybe Mm mm-hmm yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I would love to see more of Davy embracing her culture. I can actually relate to her feelings a lot of not being enough of one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. And I do think that I saw my culture as something to be kind of sheepish about before. Mm-hmm. And as I've gotten older, I've grown to really appreciate my heritage and to see it as something important and defining for me. So I think it would be nice to still see that tension of her be very Americanized, but also not seeing her Indianness as embarrassing. a weird thing, mm-hmm. as embarrassing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of interesting, too, to have um, Kamala there as a contrast for that, who she, she was trying to really adhere to tradition and culture and um, maybe found it more natural connect to to connect to than Davy seemed to. Mm-hmm. And then kind of towards the end, you know, she maybe tried to push away a little by dating Steve. And then it turns out like, Oh, maybe I do like this guy that my parents picked out for me. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of interesting to watch their two different experiences with it. Yeah. And it seems like Kamala does rebel against cultural expectations by being so career driven, mm-hmm. but yeah, It's interesting that, like, not everyone who becomes Americanized, I guess, becomes Americanized in the same way, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And for her, she was thinking about it as, like, not like, oh, I need to follow my heart, but, like, making a decision, like, risk and reward. Like, she considered, you know, breaking with tradition, but felt that the risk of losing her family and culture was not worth it, necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. 
Also, Steve just low-key seemed kind of dumb. And he did. <laughs> I don't know why I don't, but I don't support it. She, yeah, Kamala yeah. deserves better. <laughs> and he freaking loves Cheesecake Factory. Like, what? <laughs> I, I get that, actually. That's maybe one of my favorite parts about his character. But... <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to the Cheesecake Factory. It is a journey, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I think of Cheesecake Factory, I just think of Drake saying, like, how are you going to break up with me at Cheesecake? You know I'd love to go there. (laughs) Uh, Do we have anything else that we'd really like to see in season two? More of even Fabiola. Yeah, Yeah. more of that, please. Yes, very much so. I like, I want to see it it wasn't really on screen their relationship. Like we see them drinking coffee and Eleanor says like, if you can afford to hydrate us, Ben, then you can afford to hydrate our lovers. (laughs) So we know that they're together, but yeah. Yeah. I want to see like a date or I don't, yeah, I'd like some more detail and insight into what's going on on their, in their relationship. I'd like to see another fantastical, um, high school party that was like way cooler <laughs> than any high school party I would have ever gone to. <laughs> I don't know. Those big like sprawling party scenes I find really fun. Minus the punch that had balls dipped in it. Yeah. that I actually was weirdly endeared to that friend. Um, Trent. Just, Trent. I like liked him for reasons I couldn't identify but that was... <laughs> Definitely my least favorite thing that he did was dipping his balls into the (laughs) jungle juice or whatever. It's just not, it's unkind and it's unsanitary to dip your balls in the punch. And also cold and not good for your balls. (laughs) Yeah. And like sticky and it just doesn't seem, yeah, it doesn't seem worth it for him. It's upsetting for everyone else. Yeah. But otherwise, I liked Trent. I liked Trent's um, graphic design for the um, app logo that they made. <laughs> and that's any, like, any person who has ever just briefly opened up Squarespace. That's what they create. And they're like, I'm a designer now. So on a personal note, <laughs> I, I found that really funny. <laughs> Was it just, like, the letter B? Yeah, he just wrote the letter B. <laughs> In, like, a square and just drew it. He didn't want it to be cluttered. (laughs) Yeah, it's very minimal. I'm a minimalist designer. (laughs) Okay, Liz, so what else would you like to see? Or do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, Kamala and Prashant might be the thing that I'm most looking forward to. Now that Mm -hmm. Meg has mentioned this idea of the mom getting a love interest, I'm really on board with that. And it might be cool to see some different settings I wonder, Mm. do you guys think that, because I've wondered how shows are going to address post-coronavirus, if coronavirus just won't exist. Or the world of the series, I don't know. Or there will be references to things being post-pandemic. I hope Mm -hmm. it's not brought into this show. I think just because I watched it during like a really intense part of lockdown and it was such a bright spot i think it was and like a day out yeah. yeah to kind of have it but hearing the term new location just kind of made this pop into my head after they discussed um you know moving to india and it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anymore but <clears throat> as far as like maybe connecting more with her culture and maybe developing her relationship with her mom it might be interesting to see them take a trip to india and mm-hmm. kind of see some more of her, like, extended family and see maybe some of, like, what her mom's life was like before her and Mohan moved to the United States. So that could maybe be fun, like, a little oh, side trip. I have an idea. I have a pitch. Okay, Mindy, <laughs> hear me out. So what if <laughs> they go to India, right, to get mm-hmm. away from it all, all of Davy's boy drama, and there the mom reconnects with <gasps> the one who got away. Oh my god. And Maybe we have she had another suitor. We have flashbacks to her like as a teen, like Davy's yes. age with this boy. Mm-hmm. And they've already like set a precedent that like flashbacks exist in this show. Yeah. I would love mm-hmm. to see like a further Yeah, oh, I'm very on board with that. And the met maybe Davy meets a cute Indian boy mm-hmm. who Ooh. she has a little summer fling with. I can dig it. Yeah. And then it's like well, maybe I like this guy more than I like Ben and Paxton. Yeah, that would be an interesting third edition. If we're going to meet a new boy, I think that would be 
a very fun way to introduce it. Yeah, I'm on board for this plan. Awesome. So, Mindy, Mindy, I'll be sending you a spec script. (laughs) (laughs) You heard us. All right. Any last things before we get into... Meg, do you have a recipe? I do. I mean, I don't have it off the top of my head, but Mm. I have a recipe. Yeah. All right. So, any last things before we get to that? I just love the show, and I'm glad it exists because it was a really good escape for pandemic times, Mm -hmm. and it was just... I thought really sweet and fun and made me feel good to watch. So if there's someone who hasn't seen, I highly recommend, obviously. Yes, (laughs) please do. Agreed. Okay. So my recipe has to do with the episode where they have taco night Mm -hmm. and Kamala is feeling all upset and torn about what to do about Steve and (laughs) Davy first is like, oh, this lemonade's too sour. <laughs> and then Nalani comes in and she's like, oh, Kamala, this lemonade's a bit too sour. And is like getting pissed. She's like, excuse me for caring about this family sugar intake. <laughs> I related very strongly to this because I have tried to make homemade lemonade a number of times over the summer so far. And every time I'm like hesitant with the sugar and every time it's like disgustingly undrinkably sour. So... <laughs> I have a delicious lemonade recipe if you want to make some at home. Excellent. Do we or do we not put balls in it? (laughs) I will take my ball free. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Drinker's choice, I guess. (laughs) Okay. So for me, I also have a drink. And chai was a pretty obvious one. Mm-hmm. So I decided that instead of chai, I would go with a different Indian drink. And that is Haldi Dude, which is known as golden milk or a golden mm. latte here where it has been gentrified. And it's basically a spicy milk drink. You can use cow milk or I like to make it with almond milk. So any mm-hmm. non-dairy milk works too. And lots of turmeric. It has, I, I don't know how to say that word. If that's not how you say it. Is it turmeric? Turmeric, the yellow stuff, (laughs) however you pronounce it. And it has just like a very pretty color and it's supposed to have a lot of health benefits. And I think that it's just like very soothing to drink that before bed. It's delicious too. Molly, do you have a recipe? We didn't tell you to prepare one. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, um, I guess no. (laughs) We're doing a taco night theme. The spicy potato tacos at um, Taco Bell. Oh, they're so good. They're they're leaving the menu very (gasps) soon. Taco Bell is getting rid of all potato products. So rush to your local Taco Bell. Get a spicy potato soft taco and then drink some drinks. That's my recipe. know about potatoes that we don't. I why why I'm devastated and like it's one of the most vegetarian friendly fast food places because they have so many like potato based meat substitutes and now they're gone and I'm really sad isn't their ground beef basically just tvp it's not even ground beef or it's like partly ground beef partly tvp yeah but as someone who doesn't eat meat that doesn't necessarily like make me want to eat it anymore yeah (laughs) no no, I was just like (laughs) <laughs> wondering I I... why they don't have just a tvp taco if it's something that huh. they use yeah that well i mean burger point. king does like impossible meat and stuff now so maybe someday but i don't think that mm-hmm. means that we should lose our precious potatoes here here <laughs> that makes me so sad i love that's a go-to for me i've, I've never been... tried it meg is it too spicy for me yeah Okay. Oh my gosh, really? (laughs) I can't do spicy food. You could get it without that. Without the chipotle sauce. sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have till August 13th to go and try it. That's when potato items. Which also means no, um, like, potato burrito things no spicy or um the little potatoes no more fiesta potatoes gone forever there's some breakfast thing with potatoes in it too not anymore so after this recording meg is going to drive to taco bell (laughs) you're not lying you have to to while you can (laughs) this is the worst news i'm so sorry to have told you in this setting (laughs) 
Okay, after that Taco Bell tangent. (laughs) This has just been an episode of so many tragedies. (laughs) So much collective grief. (laughs) That are all definitely, like, equal and comparable. Right. The same amount of loss. Yes. (laughs) All right. So we're going to have links to those recipes in the show notes as usual. Molly, thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. Yeah. Thanks for letting me come talk about this. I was so obsessed with it when I saw it and I texted Liz because I needed her to see it and um, be able to talk about it immediately. I needed an outlet. So I'm glad you guys provided it to me. And (laughs) we should definitely plan to have you back for season two. Oh my God. Whenever it comes out. Yeah. I'll I'll be dying to talk about it. And, um, you know, come back anytime. Tell us about more shows because you seem to have excellent taste. Uh, I love a rom-com. I love a good binge. So yeah, for sure. (laughs) On the pulse. (laughs) I try. (laughs) And as for our listeners, make sure, as always, to subscribe if you aren't already. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts if you haven't, because we would like more people to find our show. And you can follow us on Instagram at MakeoutAlreadyPod, and you can follow us on Twitter at Makeout underscore already. <laughs> Have you checked on our one Twitter follower lately? Last I checked, she hadn't unfollowed us. <laughs> oh, okay. This is good. So... <laughs> So, like, if you want to be our second Twitter follower, you can. We will give you shout outs. We will. <laughs> you can literally, like, tweet anything at us. Like, we'll be honored. And, and we'll be honored, and we will, like, read it on air. I'm going to go just spam you guys with, like, Paxton pictures, I think, on your Twitter. Just really tweet them at you. <laughs> this is the last little sidebar, but did you all know that he's 29? That makes me feel better yeah less pervy yes i'm so yeah. glad to hear that it's like all the people who like after to all the boys i've loved before came out were like how old is <laughs> noah Centineo? is he of Enter. age also he, i mean he does feel like crazy hot and just like an adult man to be walking around the halls of a high school like yeah. even like in the show i'm like no high school like boy on earth <laughs> looks like this person does they didn't look like that when i went to high school no it might be different no. now i guess with like tiktok hot tiktok teens but definitely <laughs> in, in my high school years no one looks like that definitely not me <laughs> yeah no <laughs> anywho are we gonna include pictures of us in high school in the show notes i'd rather die <laughs> Thank you, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. This has been Make Out Already. Until next time, air kisses. (laughs) 